Hello and welcome to Case Reopen, the number one Detective Counter Rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me as always is the lovely Colleen. Hello. Colleen, it's yes. Sunday. We're talking Detective Cannon. And I didn't finish my notes, so we're just doing the first part of a two-parter. So, this will be fun. Yes. I just realized it's quite appropriate that we record on a Sunday since Conan, I think, is still being published. At least it used to be in Shonen Sunday. So, yeah, we totally planned that. (laughs) Totally. So, we're covering episode 185, The Murdered Famous Detective, part one. This originally aired April 10th. 2000. Do you know what day that was, Colleen? Um, a two... What day it was? Like, day of the week? <laughs> yeah, day of the week. F- Friday. <laughs> April 10th was a Monday. Oh. That's odd. <laughs> I thought they always aired on Fridays. I was gonna say Tuesday, but then I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I guess the series aired on Mondays, so... There okay. you go. I will take note of that. See, that's the hard-hitting research you get. That's why I couldn't get my notes done, because I, I totally didn't just look that up using my calendar app just now. But uh, long research, finding that out. Oh, I just thought you were one of those, and I know there's a special name for it, and I can't think of it now. One of those people who can look at a number, or like a date like this, and be like, oh, that was a Wednesday. Or in this case, how would anybody be able to do? Nobody can do that. Why are you making stuff up, Colin? Nobody (laughs) does that. I I'm pretty sure there are people out there, and there's a special name for them. I can't remember what they're called. They're able to do that. They're called obviously I can. That's what what they're called. (laughs) Nobody should be able to do that. That's too crazy. So, the Conan's hint going into this episode was Mountain Rain. Don't you love some <laughs> good Mountain Rain, rain. Colleen? Mountain Rain. Mountain it's like rain. the name of a, I don't know, a drink flavor or something. I kind of introduced the episode. He says, in the world of TV movies and even books, there are many famous detectives. Okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> He's talking about himself. The episode opens with Kogoro driving down a bumpy road, and he winds up biting his tongue. Poor Kogoro. Just off to a bad start immediately. Yeah, and you'd think he'd be in a bad mood just the whole day, but pretty soon that mood's going to change. He's traveling to a remote lodge, and as they near it, they come onto a fully paved road. Conan questions if Kogoro was on the wrong road, and then he notices an archery range. We then see a woman's arrow, like, clip off the side of the archery post, and then it goes right into Kogoro's car, like, through the window. It almost hits him. I wasn't really sure of the physics here. Like, (laughs) I don't know what it hit. Like, it's a very oddly animated thing. Right. Were you confused by this as well? Where you weren't really sure where the the hell this arrow was? (laughs) Yeah, Maybe it's just me. It's, I mean, the way that I envisioned the range was like parallel to the road, so like it was almost like the the one who shot the arrow like did it on purpose. Like, how could it go that far off course? So yeah, I'm not. Well, sure. it skimmed off the side. 
off the the target so, is that how that happened yeah okay with that much force wow all right hey man arrows how do they work <laughs> she apologizes and Kegaro is about to yell at her until she recognizes him as the famous detective Kogoro Mori. He then starts giggling. He's like, here's your arrow back. <laughs> it's like... This is so dumb. I mean, Kogoro, your whole family was in danger. That arrow could have really hurt somebody, but he goes all like, huh, yuck, when he sees a pretty lady <laughs> was the cause of it. Especially when they know who he is. If you just play to a man's ego... We're very simple creatures, Colleen. Oh, okay. I'll have to take note of that. Yeah, you should try, like, being nice rather than passive-aggressive. <laughs> Is that the trick? Oh, okay. Well, I guess my, my statement itself was very passive-aggressive in nature, so... <laughs> Oops. So she's also going to the lodge, and she says... I guess the two famous detectives finally get to meet each other face to face. Everybody's confused by what she means, and the show then cuts to Kogura arriving. Kogura rings the bell, but nobody is there. Did you think we were going to get a haunted lodge case, Colleen? Uh, no. They then hear a number of gunshots, and a man walks out explaining that the nearby forest is hunting grounds. The man is the lodge owner, Akashi Yusaku. Then Ron then chastises her father for driving through a dangerous area. And Yusaku says there's signs on the road to let people know. Well, (laughs) Kagura didn't notice. Yeah, I felt kind of bad. Up till now, I was sort of like uh, finger wagging at uh, the, the lady for shooting her arrow like that or... Having, like whatever having it hit off the target but Kogro was in the wrong here because he shouldn't have been driving in that area in the first place well i think he exited the uh i think that was off the road that bumpy road was the uh was the one through the forest so oh, i think okay. this was a legit road when she fired it so we can still blame the lady if you want to <laughs> if you want to hate your fellow females okay let's do that then I don't know that, and then all the more reason why they should have sh- like shown how dangerous it was on the bumpy road. But okay, <laughs> that's fine. A sullen man then comes inside, and he's given his key. And Conan's like, "What's this guy's problem? This guy didn't <laughs> do anything. Like he doesn't like. Sh- <laughs> he's just like not smiling." And Conan's like, "Huh? What's wrong with this guy?" Obviously, he doesn't know the rules. He's supposed to be nice. That's how it works if you want people to like you. Be nice. After getting their key, they walk up. They, they walk outside to the outside deck, which is where dinner will be served. And Kenna notices a river below the deck, then starts to rain outside, so they go back inside. We then see a television program where a woman is being hunted by the fifth generation Jack the Ripper. She's about to be stabbed when the knife is shot by a gun. A man jumps down from the window and he introduces himself as Urban Hunter Sabal Banai. Do you think he was cool, Colleen? Did he, did he take your breath away? Eh, I mean, no, not not particularly. 
I, I'd so, watch the show, gonna, though. I'd watch it. Okay, so you're not going full Kogoro, who just turns the program off. No, no. I'm I'm probably, like, Ron, because she seemed interested in the show, but I don't think she was, like, she didn't have goo-goo eyes or whatever uh, for, what's his face? Sabao Banai. <laughs> And Kagura then says, what famous detective? Besides, it's not every week that a case is solved in reality. Kagura, it's actually like, every hour. <laughs> every yeah, day. Yeah, for real. <laughs> every single day. And just as he says this, the actor that plays the urban hunter walks in and he says, sorry for being so lucky. Then he says his catchphrase. And that's when Ron recognizes him. So she gets all wide-eyed. And the actor's name is Sunaoka Kazuyoshi. The woman from earlier then introduces herself as his manager, Noe Tanagawa. And Kazuyoshi is excited to meet Kogoro. And then Kogoro has to backtrack. He's like, you know, to tell the truth, I'm a hidden fan of Kazuyoshi as well. Uh, <laughs> can I get your autograph later? You know, this guy was Kinda cool in- when he's using his catchphrase to introduce himself. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't you, though, if you were a famous actor, wouldn't you be like, I'm Colleen. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What's your catchphrase? Finger gun. <laughs> Whatever the guy was doing. I don't know. Do I have a catchphrase? I don't know. Um, I'll have to think about it. It's probably um and ah uh, <laughs> things that I put in while I'm thinking of what to say. Later that night, they're all enjoying dinner on the deck, and Kokoro gives Kazuyoshi his card. Ron asks what he's doing here, and he playfully says, The truth is, I was ordered to stalk your movements in guard. What do you think about that, Colleen? Is he smooth? Wait, who said that? That was Kazuyoshi? Yeah. Oh. Um, I guess it's one of those cases where, like, if the person's mildly attractive and he says that, then it's A-okay, but if it's not, then that person's a creeper. So, I guess that's how we were supposed to take that. The jovial Katsus... Uh, Katsuaki Nagasuka, who is a producer on the show, says that they're there to talk future episodes. The Solon Man from earlier is actually the scriptwriter, Toshiaki Tahara. Both Kazuyoshi and Nagasuka were hunting earlier, but they didn't catch anything before it started to rain. The actor asked Tahara what he was doing as he still looked stressed out. He says he was in his room thinking about the script. And Kazuyoshi asks if he came up with any good ideas. And he says, Lately, the audiences know the uh, solves the cases before I do. And he's, uh, he's a little tipsy here, Colleen. He's, he's being a bit of a dick. Had a few too many drinks. It's just stupid, he says. And Nagasuka tries to calm everybody down, but Kazuyoshi's like... You only think about how much money you make, and you've been embezzling funds. So he got this the, the, the very, like, notebook <laughs> drama between everybody with Detective Conan. I never noticed how much, the, like, embezzlement is just a 
very go-to thing for Conan, especially for the anime originals. Like, we just had it the last episode where they were embezzling from the charity, now we're embezzling from the TV show. Like, it's always something. (laughs) It's one of, yeah, it's kind of an easy throw-in because you don't really have to explain how, like, the mechanics of the embezzlement. It's just like, they were embezzling, we're gonna put in that keyword. It means they were taking money. (laughs) And then just not explain anything further. The manager tells Kazuyoshi that he's drank too much, but he says he wants to stay and talk to Kogoro. Don't we all? We do. Don't we all, Colin? Oh my gosh, I would love to talk to Kogoro. He says she acts above everybody else, but she won't be able to do that for long, as a production company called about her debt. She asks him to go to the room to get some sleep. And he says, if I, the president of Kazaki co- Cooperation, was to disappear, you won't be a- you won't be able to be here, right? I don't even understand this part. What's Kazaki co- Cooperation? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this comes back later. Or so what? I don't think so. Um, like it was a surprise to me that he was the president of any sort of co- organization. There was actually a few parts that came up like just once and we were just like, oh, is that the relationship between these two? Because he mentions this and then um, I think it was in the second part he mentioned something else or maybe it's later in this episode. I can't recall between like something between him and uh, the manager lady. So it's just like, wait a minute. So what's the beef here? Who knows? And because, uh, yeah, she's not done. Before he leaves, he tells the scriptwriter that, hey, man, if you got anything against me, I'll quit. I'll quit right now. Um, So he's, he's just got to let everybody know that he's got beef with them all. Yeah, so we're, uh, I guess we're meant to, uh, from that uh, lovely conversation, we're meant to get that uh, any one of these people could have a motive to kill him. Is that how you act when you're drunk, Colleen? Are you the angry, argumentative drunk? Well, I, I don't drink, so I've never gotten drunk. Jeez. The producer apologizes for how Kazuyoshi is acting and says that he's actually very hardworking and he's just passionate about making the show better. Uh, right after this guy's, you know, getting drunk, they're like, you know what? We've ran out of liquor. Let's get some more. <laughs> So the scriptwriter goes to fetch more. As Kazuyoshi enters his room, he apologizes to his manager for saying too much. The writer then returns with beers and juice for the kids. And Ron says his mood got much better as soon as Kazuyoshi disappeared. Oh yeah, he was like smiling and all cheerful. Yeah, he really did a 180. It was quite the, the huge change in attitude. The writer then gets up, saying he thought of a really neat trick, and he has to write it down. The owner then interrupts, saying that the producer has a phone call from Tokyo. Kagura then gets a phone call, and it's from Kazuyoshi, who asks him to have a drink in his room. However, he tells him to wait a second, and he says, What's this thing? Famous last words. How embarrassing would it be if your final words are just going, What's this thing? (laughs) Yeah, put that on your gravestone. A gunshot then fires from the other side of the valley. The manager, who was taking a shower, walks out onto the balcony and she asks what happened. She then notices a gunshot through his room's window. 
They run up to the room and get the owner to fetch the master key while the producer is still on the phone. Kazuyoshi doesn't respond, and the owner opens the room, where they find Kazuyoshi laid out in the middle with a bullet wound in the center of his forehead. What a shot, Colleen. Yeah, dead center. A bullseye, if you will. Oh, okay. What do you think about, I mean, it was kind of obvious he was going to die once he was talking all that mad shit to everybody. But uh, what do you think about this death? Uh, The death itself, uh, pretty good. I mean, like, obviously, we're just about to learn, uh, sort of, or I guess we're going to do the investigation and then in the next episode we learn the trick. So um, I was... I, I, I thought the trick was particularly good. Um, like, the the death itself was... It seemed like one thing, but it's actually another, kind of like what we usually get. Um, I I gotta be... <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta be honest, like, um, I don't... I, like, at this point, we, we weren't sure, right, of the backstory entirely, but, um, like, later on we find out that it's basically like he just knew some stuff about these people like i don't think he was blackmailing them or anything unless i missed it so i'm not quite sure if uh you know i i don't think that the victim was the worst human being we've met on the show he was a cool guy he just liked to be a cool actor he liked to drink some brewskis and talk to detectives he seems cool if only he smoked yeah, like, why would anyone want to kill him? The police arrive, and it's Inspector Yokomizo taking charge. How del- What a delight to see him back. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it feels like we haven't, uh, like, we saw him not too long ago when we covered the dub episode on the Patreon uh, channel, so... Uh yeah, it, it doesn't feel no, like no no it, that was that, that was Inspector Worthington please very <laughs> right Thank, okay okay true thanks for the uh, thanks for the correction yeah so it's always nice like when again. yeah I always like it especially when it's an anime original and they bring us to a place where we get to see a uh, you know some police officers other than just Megari and Takagi I know you're like but Takagi is so cute I love him. <laughs> but uh, I like seeing the different police officers, especially in a in an anime original capacity. They help make the in- episode a little more interesting. Yeah, and uh, I, I guess you could say that uh, Yokomizo has his own, like, Takagi, and I guess you can call the other one Chiba. I don't know. He has, like, his little sidekicks in this episode, too. They don't get names, I don't think. No. But they're there. Actually, I, uh, I made a discovery... Um, while I was watching these episodes, and it was about Inspector Yokomizo. I don't know if you, if you wouldn't mind me sharing. Please share. So we have time to kill. <laughs> I'm uh, currently watching another anime series, Blackjack. <gasps> You're cheating I'm on che- Detective Conan. <laughs> I'm How dare sorry, you? Sorry, Conan. I have you know free time to spare, so thought I'd pick up another series. One thousand episodes of Detective Conan wasn't enough for Colleen. <laughs> she had to go elsewhere and watch other shows. That's right. So Blackjack is uh, kind of similar in that it has like these self-contained stories where um, Blackjack basically, he's like a brilliant surgeon that goes around and um, operates on people for uh, copious amounts of money. But anyways, um, 
he often has to like investigate the cause of these ailments so there is a bit of a mystery element to the show so i checked if there was ever a collaboration done kind of like what they did with lupin the third um so i couldn't find anything official but someone on pinterest posted um what looks to be a movie poster and the blackjack characters are illustrated in the style of detective conan so anyways that's exciting but um my investigation when i looked further into it um some more i learned that the voice of the blackjack character is also the voice of inspector yokumizo and his twin brother so like oh my gosh what are the chances of that anyways that was my (laughs) that was my big discovery probably pretty good i mean (laughs) you know it's like how many (laughs) how many voice actors can there really be you're like can you believe that this voice actor doesn't just do Detective Conan? And it's like, yeah. Yeah, well, it was my my surprise is more like, oh, the fact that I had this thought to look up whether there was ever like a detect- like Conan versus Blackjack, I don't know, special or OP Why would they face something? off? Why, what does Conan <laughs> have against the surgeon where he's got to like take him on in a battle of wits? No, it's true. I guess it would be more like they're working together. But yeah, anyways, um, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, not sure if they'll ever do a collaboration, because Blackjack is kind of an older series, but hey, you never know. I mean, Lupin the Third's also older, so I guess anything's possible. The manager says nobody hated Kazuyoshi enough to kill him, and then she starts to cry, and, uh, apparently somebody did hate him enough to kill him. I think that's a false statement. Yeah. It was such a great human being. The police investigate and they find no other wounds, so apparently the giant bullet wound in his head killed him. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, cause of death. This is a, this kind of reminds me of uh Inspector Maguire, what was it, episode one or two? He's just like, So the cause of death was Or no, that was the one where um I think it was like the uh the guy fell on top of like a knife that was sticking out in the ice cube and they yeah. they were just like yeah the cause of death was the stabbing it was the knife going into the guy's back like it was the most obvious statement ever Yeah that's episode 3 calling yes. come on what are you some amateur <laughs> obviously jeez <laughs> So it turns out that Kazuyoshi must have been shot while looking out the window. Kogure tells them about the gunfire they heard, and Conan notices plant fiber by the glass shards. Remember that, Colleen? Plant fiber. I'm sure it'll wind up being very important. Why wasn't that the clue? Kogure tries to punch Conan, but he dodges the attack, and Kogure says, He's gotten quicker at getting away. (laughs) He says it to the cop. He's like, Damn, I can't abuse this child right now. I love that. I love like a little bit of an anomaly in the uh, the child abuse joke, I guess, if I can call it that. They explore the other side of the valley, which must be gotten to via a bridge. The owner shows them the area, and it took them 30 minutes to get there. They hear someone in the bushes, but it's Ron. What the hell is she doing in these bushes? Was it Ron? She's finally yeah. snapped. She's like, you're you're too famous of a movie detective. 
You're taking away my dad's thunder. She says that she chased after Conan and then wonders where he is. Then spot Conan standing near a rifle, and he's like, Found the gun. (laughs) And Kegger yells, Get him tied up somewhere. Imagine if they actually tied up Conan. Well, nothing would get done around here. No, they'd probably solve the case quicker. I mean, it'd be inaccurate, but they'd solve the case. Yeah. I mean, they were... Oh, yeah, they were going for, like, oh, it was just some random outsider that did it. Yeah, Kamizo has his officers, the Discount Chiba and Takagi, compare the (laughs) bullet and the gun. And that's when he notices that the bottom of the rifle isn't wet. And he's like, get a picture of this. Yokomiza asks when the rain stopped, and Kegara says it was over an hour before it got dark outside. Kegara then suggests closing the vicinity as the culprit ran down the road after tossing the rifle. And that's when Conan has to act like a four-year-old, and he goes, Well, something's really strange, because when I came up here, there were no footprints on the mountain road. Ron confirms that, and she says it was slippery from the rain. Yokomiza then checks another road, but there were no footprints there either. How'd this guy get here, Colleen? Did he teleport? He flew from above. Yokomiza then finds a rope tied to a tree, which the culprit must have used after coming upstream with a rubber boat. It's always the rubber boat, Colleen. Ah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is uh, exactly how it happened. Tying the boat to the shore and climbed up this rocky side. He then waited for Kazuyoshi to show up on the window and shot him, says uh, Yokomizo. So this guy could have potentially been waiting a few days. He's just waiting for him to look through that window, yeah. They then used the rope to slide down the riverbank, and they went downstream in the boat. However, Conan says to himself that Yokomizo is wrong, and that they would have noticed somebody climbing the cliff from the garden restaurant. It's also a bad sniping position with no cover or place to hide. Conan then looks at the rope, which is soaking wet, so it's different than the rifle, which was bottom, which was dry. So that's interesting, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> they head back to the lodge. I think and- we're, uh, we're just like used to um, watching these episodes in that every little factoid, every clue, we're just like, hmm, that's interesting. Let's take note of that. And then, you know, it's the luck of the draw if it'll come back or not. They head back to the lodge, and Yokomizo gets everybody's testimony as to where they were. The producer says he was on the phone, which is confirmed by the other person. Meanwhile, the scriptwriter was writing and was deep in thought when it happened. The producer says his call ended when Kogura went to fetch the key, so they can determine the time of the death by using the phone record. And then Yokomiza is like, Oh, this is going really smoothly with these guys that write the detective stories. They know a thing or two about testimony. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I Was it just... Like, I thought that was an odd comment to make. It made no sense. Just like, well, they know how this works, so that's why they can tell me exactly, like... <laughs> The next part. Like, I don't even have to answer, ask them any questions. The manager took a shower and then heard the sound after she got out. And finally, the owner was doing dishes. 
Colleen, who are you suspecting at this point? Oh, the owner of the lodge. Really? Really? No, I wasn't. No. He just seemed like, you know, the easy joke target because he's just like, I don't remember. I had a lot of responsibilities today and I'm not sure what else I did. (laughs) What is this accent you're giving him? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) That's my um, lodge owner accent. Um, I was suspecting, sorry, I keep forgetting her name. What are we calling her? The manager. The manager. Noe Tanigawa. Yeah. Ah. Why? Because she's a woman. Do you not trust your own kind, Colleen? Yeah, you've just, uh, rammed it into my head. (laughs) These, uh, last 110 episodes or however many we've been at it together and you're just like, you know, it's always the woman calling. Suspect the women. So there you go. Well, see, I, I believe women. So I, I didn't think she she had done it at all. I thought it was the the creepy script writer. Because okay. he, he moved away from everybody. And he was off doing his own thing. So that, that's what I was suspicious about. Yeah, well, you're. <laughs> they all moved away to do their own thing. Like the guy got a phone call from oh, yeah, Tokyo. Oh, yeah, that's true. And she, <laughs> you're like, right. But no, no. But what I'm trying to say is that of the three, he was the only one that kind of did it um, of his own volition. Like the other ones were called off, well, called away. Well, I mean, the the manager, whatever. She she brought uh, the actor back to his bedroom. So I guess she was also. Oh. Like, I mean, <laughs> uh, not for anything like that. But yeah, like. Uh, Obviously, we know how this ends, and one of us is right. Let's go with that. I don't want to, you know, spoil anything if people haven't seen the second part. So it was the owner. It was, yes. In a plot twist, it was that sweet, sweet owner who didn't know anything. Karen says if they think about it this way, nobody in the lodge could have fired the gun from that cliff. There are no other guests, and Kazuyoshi came here in secret. Even if somebody knew he'd be there, it would make more sense to kill him while hunting in order to make it look like a misfire. Conan believes the rope is fake evidence and was used to create an alibi. So, looks like that was a red herring, Colleen. Oh, darn. And I was so looking forward to the rubber boat making a reappearance. Cannon says it's among the three staff members of the show. Oh, it's not the owner, Colleen. Dang. And I, I love this ending here because like, we get this real dramatic music playing and it kind of makes this episode feel like uh, like the stakes are high. And Cannon has this big declaration. He says, there's always a way out of a maze. This impossible crime in place of the murdered famous detective. I shall solve it. Like, I thought this was a baller way to end this first part. Those are some good lines. It, especially that last one, and kind of makes you feel like the guy was actually the detective here. Like, oh, that would be a really cool episode if, you know, they were called off to a case and there was some other detective and the detective got murdered. Yeah, I would want, yep, yeah, I want that. <laughs> Colleen wants every other detective to die except for Jimmy Kudo. Shinichi Kudo. Jimmy. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I always say. Jimmy's fine too. Yeah. It's fine. I always say that. All right. 
So the next count in ten is Bullet. Cannon says next episode is a surprising revelation. And somebody's voice, I wasn't sure who it was. I thought maybe it was Sonica, but it didn't really sound like Sonica, so I have no clue. But they say, leave it to the real detective. And Conan says, it's not Uncle, referring to Kogura. Ha ha ha, oh Conan, you cheeky little devil. And we want to give some thanks to some patrons. Jeffrey, medium-sized, not too big, not too small. Ryan Self, who was just on the show last week. Spencer Young, we'll have to get on the show here again soon. William Lee, another person who's been on the show. And Big Chief Mason, we appreciate you all. And I want to give a shout out to a user, because a couple weeks ago I had brought up that we didn't have access to the three individual parts of the the one mermaid case. It was, and then there were no mermaids. Is that really the the title? Yeah, it's like the, uh, and then there were none, but mermaids. I I didn't even realize that. That's so cool. Yeah, so because it gets turned into a one-hour special later on in the re-airing, and I think what got subbed was the one-hour special rather than the uh, solo episodes. But one of our listeners, the Twitter user's handle is XXMAPSY. Wait. Yeah, Y R X X. So thank you to X Mapsyrx. I don't know how to say this. It's not the easiest <laughs> username to say. It's pronounced thank you. like Bob. We'll we'll call him Mapsy. Thank Mapsy. you, Mapsy X X Mapsy R X X on Twitter. Just keep saying it, Tyler. I'm sure it'll roll off the tongue eventually. Yeah, everybody follow XXMapsyRXX <laughs> on Twitter because they helped us out. They gave us uh, yeah, super access cool. to the three episodes. They're not subbed. So if anybody knows that they did get subbed individually, let us know. And then you but, can uh, have your Twitter handle nothing. read out on the podcast. Yeah, it's quite the honor. But yeah, <laughs> thanks to them. This was really great. They also gave us an interesting uh, story about that episode, which... I'll have to read once we actually cover that. That's episodes 222 through 224, so we got a while. We, because we're on, what, 184. So we have a bit. <laughs> Maybe next year. But uh, when we get to them, we have some good analysis from XXMapsyRXX. See, it's coming quicker yeah, now. Yeah. I can get it. So, yeah, shout out to them. We really appreciate that. And if anybody knows about the the subtitling for those three episodes, let us know. But uh, we, we appreciate this. We can find out what was cut out. And this, thankfully, this was a manga case. So we also have the manga we can refer to as well. So we'll get the... Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll compile everything. And we'll get the most in-depth and correct version of this. We're going to look at it from uh, every right. single angle. What was Every subbed, angle. the raw, the manga, tr- English translated. Wow, you guys have something to look forward to next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm glad we got ahead of that. And thanks to XXMapsy <laughs> or XX for giving us these episodes. Appreciate it. And I don't think I can kill any more minutes saying their Twitter username, Colin. <laughs> but... Uh, should I read some locations off? 
Sure. Well, what do you what did you think of the this first parter? Oh, do we have to talk about? I guess we do. Okay, nah, we don't have Let's to talk we about the do... episode. <laughs> we can just do it after in a week. Our so I was off. surprised. I was surprised that this was an anime original. I thought this was a manga case because, like, uh, I hold this case. Like, I don't remember everything, but I remember being pretty impressed with this. So I kind of just thought this was a, uh, a manga case, but no, this is an anime original. And uh, like I said, this episode builds really well to the ending. Where you're like, wow, we've got stakes. It's kind of personal for Kenan. Even though this guy wasn't a real detective. He's like, I gotta solve it for the detective. I'm like, go, Conan, go. So, like, I was amped up by the end of it. I have no clue how this was done. We have all these, uh, like, fake evidence. And it's like, wow, how was this impossible crime done? So, I was really amped up by the end. So, I really liked it. What about you? I liked it a lot, too. Um, I I mean, it's pretty evident that it's a a setup like it's not actually uh some like outside stranger that did this so it's really um going to be intriguing kind of unraveling that mystery um i i too thought for a good chunk of this episode that it was um a manga case just because the the writer the way that he was portrayed i was just like is this like gosho oyama trying to project himself into this character and he's just like you know grumbling about how nobody appreciates his writing and things like that but um maybe it was just like whoever wrote this anime original the the that person's feelings coming across um so yeah i thought the characters were all pretty pretty good um the actor uh Again, I don't know if he was, like, the worst uh, possible person to get murdered. Like, pretty sure the last case that we covered, like, that lady was worse than him. Um, So, but, I mean, whatever. Like, maybe, maybe uh, we'll we'll talk about it next time. But maybe this, whoever murdered him uh, felt that uh, he shouldn't be around anymore. Um, I thought there was some good comedy between Kogoro and Conan, as always. It was a little bit different than what we're used to, like, just with the whole, like, Kogoro, you know, oh, he's getting quicker, he's getting faster, and I can't hit him anymore type of thing. So that was, uh, that was kind of fun. Um, I also found that the this part flew by. Like, from the moment we met Kazuyoshi to when he's murdered, it was just really fast. Um, so there was never like a dull moment type of thing i guess it was just like okay well that's uh that's wrapped up so let's watch the next part so yeah i thought the pacing was relatively good i guess in that respect so looking forward to the second part yeah so second part next week that's exciting calling now you can read up some uh place names if you have them in front of you I do. So shout out to White Horse in Alaska. All it's right. so cool. Is it? <laughs> Somebody in Alaska. What are you doing up there? Tell us. Get in contact. I want to know what you do in Alaska other than just listen to Detective Cannon podcast. Uh, we got 15 downloads in Calgary last week. So we're popular in Calgary. Colleen, tell us about Calgary. Um. Well, there's a famous stampede there. <laughs> this person was obviously... Uh, not not busy at the stampede they're just listening to this podcast which we thank you for 
uh, Salem, but not the one in Massachusetts, which is famous um, for all the, the witch killing. Or I guess not witch killing, but like alleged witch killing. There's no witches. Um, it's on the <laughs> West Coast, so it looks like Oregon or something. Uh, Kent, uh, Hanford, one download in Los Angeles. We've made a big calling. Oh, yeah. Okay. LA, here we come. We actually have a download in a city in the U.S. called Tyler, which I didn't know existed, and it's kind of creeping me out. Um, <laughs> that city is named for you? It's just like shout Conan to Houston. Town, but it's just like Tyler. Maybe. Shout to Houston, Texas, Plant City. You know, when you think of Hollywood, Colleen, you think of California, right? Yeah. Well, there's also Hollywood, Florida, where we got a couple downloads this week. Shout out to Hollywood, Florida, the... Wow, Lesser first Hollywood. LA and now Hollywood. <laughs> Jensen Beach, Myrtle Beach, that's a South Carolina or North Carolina. It's a long beach. I don't know which part you're in. Arlington, I think that's West Virginia? Or is it just Virginia? Looks like it's just Virginia. Alright. So we got Arlington, all kinds of exciting stuff. Bristol, that's Connecticut. St. Louis, yeah, St. Louis, Colin. And then, most excitingly, we have a download in Colombia, which is La Dolores. So, that's pretty cool. You ever been to Colombia? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I have not. Liverpool, they're probably a football hooligan down there. Prague. Casablanca again. We've had that a few times. Tel Aviv. <laughs> That's exciting. Uh, all kinds of places here. I can't pronounce and I'm this not going to try to offend this anybody. Is a global program. Yeah, Hanoi. Butterworth. I think that's a... <laughs> is that a New Zealand? Butterworth. Oh, City. What a cute sounding yeah. city. Butterworth. Okay, so Butterworth is in Penang, which is a Malaysian state. So I guess it's in Malaysia. Hello, person from Butterworth. Butterworth. I mean, hello to yeah, everybody, sh- but uh, yeah, Butterworth. Yeah, shout out to Butterworth. I had some people in Japan, Iga, Abina. Uh, Nishinomiya Hama, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing. I apologize. I wonder if there's a Detective Conan podcast that someone does, but in Japanese. Oh, for sure. It's probably much, <laughs> much more popular. So why are these Japanese people listening to ours? Because they want to hear the Western perspective. They want to. They just want to make fun of my pronunciations. How I mis like pronounce every character name. They're like, ha 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 ha. Which is kind of rude, but we appreciate you listening even even with it. We appreciate everybody listening. Yeah, it always blows my mind to have all the scene where we're at. Got some people. South Africa. Or not South Africa. I'm going to say South America. 
Africa is the one continent where we usually don't have anybody. Sometimes we'll have somebody from, like, Egypt. Mm-hmm. But, uh, tell me. Does Israel count as Middle East? That's Middle East, so that's probably not Africa. But, uh, we, it's, like, right close to there, you know? Close enough. It's almost there. Yeah, sometimes we'll get somebody from Egypt, but we're, we're not big in Africa. That's our one... One continent besides uh, the Antarctic, which I, I think we get a pass on, <laughs> where we don't we don't reach a ton. Why so are apparently... the scientists not listening to this podcast? I know it's pretty messed up. So we'd appreciate if, if any of our talk... listeners <laughs> would go to Antarctica and at least make one download, just so we can get that like marked on the map. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Obviously, we don't talk about Agasa enough on this show. To get that professor demographic. I was going to say, what does he have to do with Antarctica? (laughs) It it was a stretch. It it was a very good good comparison there. You know, we don't really get Russia. Russia is a huge landmass. Although I don't know how much of Russia is like, uh, actually has people in it. I think a lot of it's kind of just, you know, there. Just forest and... Kind of like, because isn't a, a large part of... Canada's like nobody's there, right? When you get north, then yeah. So if you look at a map, all those like little pieces that are all broken up—that's basic. I don't think many people are living there. Like when you look at uh, Nunavut. Yeah, I hope not. That <laughs> seemed like a pretty miserable life. It's like I own this island, like dude. It's like an iceberg. So what? I own it. Yeah, I still would like an island. I'm with you there. Alright, so that'll do it for all the locations I can mispronounce in one episode. (laughs) I think you did a pretty good job. You should give yourself some more credit. See, was that nice? (laughs) Nah, it seemed very passive aggressive. I can't take a compliment from you. It always seems passive aggressive. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I've like ruined any chances of you seeing me as you know a nice person who gives compliments i've just ruined that for myself well it's not your fault i can't fault. even like say you know have a nice week without tyler being suspicious of like what did she mean by that it's just your country's fault it's, it's not specific to you trust me my suspicion oh, okay. goes to all canadians i but, guess uh, that yeah, makes I think me we, feel better i thought it was just i think we killed enough hated. No, no, I don't hate you, Colleen. I put up with you. So, yeah, that'll do it for this episode. We killed enough time. And we'll be back next week for the thrilling conclusion. Uh, Please enjoy. Bye. Bye. And remember, one truth always prevails.